This is Jorge from Texas. Just wanted to say I heard the latest podcast about, you know, the Border Patrol and the customs uh, hazing. I'm from the Army, and I got to say that that shit's normal. You know, I, when I was in basic training, I got jumped, strapped to a bunk bed, and spanked. Uh, the hardest I ever got spanked in my life. And I also got to say that you have a huge following in the Army, so we all love you, and uh, peace. Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast, because it's a very good It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful podcast. It's a miraculous podcast. It's like the best podcast in the whole wide, wide, wide world. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm Harrison. It's cracking there, Harrison. What? Very a lot. Little. A lot and very little at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. What I was thinking about that the yeah. other day. I'm like, yeah. so what I do every week from right. uh, about 9 a.m. to about mm. 6, 8, 6 p.m. is I go to my job. That's, oh. a, that's what I do. And, and so what, I, I tend to like? do that. What's that like? It sucks. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what I do. And I was thinking, yeah. what the fuck does Harrison do all day? <laughs> like, what, what do you do with all of your time? Well, I go to, I go to uh, outpatient. You well, know, I know you go to meetings, right? But I go to that's that. not every counseling. day, is it? That's four days a week. A four days. Okay, Thursday, so I go there. Um, I started uh, teaching a writing class. Um, at a at a homeless shelter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're a professor now? Yes, I'm a professor. Do you have a corduroy jacket <laughs> with leather patches? I did, elbow? but they threw garbage on it. Or do you have a leather jacket with corduroy patches? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Homer, you ruined two perfectly uh, good jackets. Uh, <laughs> um, so wait, so what, tell me about this. You, you're teaching kids, like like how old are these kids? It's a, it's a homeless shelter. It's a youth homeless shelter, so they're like eighteen to twenty five. Okay, so these but, aren't like you know like children that were taken away from like an you know abusive no. household or something. No, but they almost certainly come from abusive ho- households. Most okay, them, so these are like yeah. runaway 18 to 25-year-old youth. Runaway train, never yeah. <laughs> coming back. Yeah, pretty much. She's a little runaway. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so you're Professor Harrison. You're right. going in there and uh, you're teaching yeah. them what? How to do some creative writing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how to, you know, like at first it started off as a comic book writing class. Like I was like, oh, I'll teach them. And it was going to go through everything from the writing process to pencil and everything, penciling, inking, uh, coloring, lettering. I was going to go through everything and I was going to bring in a guest artist for the penciling thing because that's the part I know least about. And then I realized like a lot of them just wanted to like, some of them wanted to tell stories and they didn't necessarily want to go through that medium. So I, I broadened it. So it's like dramatic writing, script writing, prose, whatever. And some of them are just there because they don't, they have to go to a workshop. Yeah, I was about to say, like, are some of them there as part of their community service? Some of them, just just to stay there, they have to go to a certain number of workshops for educational purposes. Um, so some of them didn't necessarily want to be in the thing. They just got dragged into it. But I was like, the last time I did it, which was last Wednesday, like, I actually 
got them into it. You know, I'm like, they like, didn't know they had a story to tell. And I'm like, yes, you do. And I'm like, ah. so, you, so you're kind of like Robin Williams I'm exactly, in Dead Poets Society. I'm exactly like Robin Williams. Just and, pulling the yeah, stories out of these yeah, kids. Yeah. Are you going to take the stories for your own? No. Just, <laughs> make your own. Like, once you get this this great narrative out of this kid that was like, I don't know, raped by his uncle. Right. And it made him turn to drugs and then become a homeless prostitute. Are you going to like yeah. take these characters? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I, if I write a <laughs> memoir... You know, and uh, and in the memoir, I'm like a 23-year-old trans girl, you know? And it, or the memoir looks a lot like that movie Tangerine. Oh, yeah. You'll know that I stole a story. <laughs> okay, you know? so That's yeah. That's how you'll know. <laughs> That's how you'll know I did that. So, so. Um, so what are you doing here? Are you, like, getting the kids? What do they call you? Do they call you uh, Mr. Harrison or <laughs> Professor Harrison? Or it's not head of the class. Teach. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you yeah. have like a funny fat guy in the class? Oh, I wish. Like a Dennis really intelligent Blunden. black girl? Yeah. Was it Robin like, Givens? That was Robin Givens, yeah. yeah. And then there was like the 16-year-old girl who was, or the 14-year-old girl who was ahead of Precocious, yeah. And you were like you the were. Howard Hesseman? Yeah. yeah. Or the Billy Connolly, remember? they Billy Connolly. Billy yeah, Connolly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're probably know. more like Billy Connolly. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I am. So yeah. what do they call you? Do they call you your first name or what? They, I'm just, yeah, my first name. And do you know, they do they have to? It's a homeless shelter. It's not a fucking you know. <laughs> do you have any kids? It's not Yale. So what do you do with like the kids that misbehave? Like are there kids on their phone in the back? Do you like come around mm -hmm. and be like, "Excuse me, all eyes up here." No, I'm very engaging. You know. Okay, so yeah. they're they're because the first time I did the class, there were only like two students, and I was mostly just me rambling at people. And then I was like, wait a minute, I should make it more of a workshop and get them engaged, you know? Hmm. So I, I go to each one of them and I try to figure out, because some of them don't know they have a story to tell, but I'm just fucking You're pulling it out, out of their them. fucking throat. Like Robin Williams, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. Do you guys uh, sit down, have writer's workshops where everybody reads what they wrote the day before and then yes. you just critique it? Yeah, and I give them homework, you know? What so. was the homework? What are the assignments? We're not even there yet. Like, we're not even there yet. Like, because they... Cause they, they don't know like plot structure and all that stuff. So I'm trying to like teach them to, cause they have all these ideas, but not necessarily stories. Like a concept of yeah. plot. To so I'm like, like rising to, action yeah. and conflict. Trying to teach them how to, at least, you know, even if they want to break it, it's better to know the, you know what I mean? Like Jackson Pollock, started painting fucking horses. He didn't start by throwing paint against the goddamn wall. Yeah, well, they need a foundation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, have you, uh, do you have any sexual tension with any of your students? <laughs> Is there any? No. Like, are there any attractive ones? Yeah, yeah. They're but, homeless, though. Homeless, attractive Well, girls. I mean, they're they're homely. No, no, they're home. <laughs> well, I guess they have a home, right? They have they're a home. a shelter now. It's a shelter, yeah. So they can it's shower. it's a cool shelter. It's like they have a whole music studio that was all donated by uh, Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Oh, it's like cool. a whole recording studio with all these instruments Jesus. and shit. Yeah, they have a lot of shit there. Do they have to pay? I mean, they just any kid can qualify to go live there. Uh, you have to. There's like a waiting list, you know. So you have to apply, and there's a waiting list, and then there's like rules you have to obey once you're God, there. It's like Professor Xavier's School for yeah. Homeless Kids. Like <laughs> what the is. fuck? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Are the Democrats like saying, yeah, we should pay put more money into this? Um, this I don't is know. exactly what yeah. Trump's going to stop. Mm, probably, yeah. <laughs> we want the homeless kids back on the street and in our jails so we can profit from right. this. Right, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's the way it works. Yeah, no, well, I mean, there, there, I, there were some people that I, I think there's like maybe one or two people there that, um, or that were there during my period last year when I was um, 
on a lot of drugs and kind of just. Well, you weren't teaching last year, though. I wasn't teaching. Oh, okay. But I was, you know, consorting with a lot of unsavory savory characters in my I recall, um, weren't you consorting with some homeless people outside the McDonald's and you had an incident with a shamrock shake? Yeah. And like a, a razor blade or something? Right. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I don't, we don't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> until I make with a condom on it? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. remember what happened. But there was something weird. But there was like homeless youth, though. So do you, youth. are you, are you right, saying, be, you know, homeless people, home, are you God. saying that you recognize some of these from your previous shenanigans? And by homeless kids? people, these aren't like people who, half the fucking people I know in LA are homeless, basically on some level or another. Well, yeah. You like know? the girl that uh, drives around the car and shits in the Tupperware container. Yeah, she's homeless. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, it's not like you, you think pig pen, you know, you think uh, a crazy old guy. Yeah, living off the, like toothless, uh, carny type yeah. of person. In, in LA, like everyone's kind of homeless <laughs> on some level. So well, it's not. And it's funny because when you meet these people, you're like, wow, you live in your car in a park and you shit in Tupperware containers. Oh, but you actually come from a very wealthy family yeah, and you have yeah. a trust fund set up for yourself. And it's like, that happens all the time here in LA. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're choosing, you're voluntarily choosing not to live with your parents right or it's like, like you live in a trailer up in the valley with two guys named wizard and nazi steve mm. we were two actual guys that i know wizard and nazi steve yes are they in your class <laughs> they're no. not they're not <laughs> do you have nicknames for any of the kids or do you just call them by their first name i call them by their names by their names yeah um, and i remember their names are there any pranksters in the class like a bart simpson type no oh that's good no so so if you're if you're picking like the teacher archetype, what mm. what teacher do you think you relate to the best? Like are you like the Howard Hessman character? Are you like Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society? Are you Miss Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons? Um wait, was Al Pacino a teacher in Son of a Woman? Who the, what the what the hell was he in that movie? Wait, is that the one when he went undercover in the gay leather bars? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's where he's blind. And he's oh, like, she's yeah. got a great ass. A that's, great ass. That's Scent of a Woman. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're kind of uh, like that. I'm like that. Yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah. know if he was a teacher or not, but... I have yet to uh, pop my eyes out, but I'll, eventually I'll be blind. Yeah, I was about to say, do like you pretend to be blind? Yeah. Garner some sympathy? <laughs> yeah. That's actually not a bad idea for a teacher, because if you pretend to be blind, you can actually be looking at the kids that are fucking around in class and then know what's what's going on. And then if somebody throws a thing at you, just like catch it. Catch it, fucking, yeah. Fuck them up. Like Daredevil, like you have like yeah. you know enhanced uh, instincts. Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, uh, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, you're a, you're a great writer, so I think you actually could impart some wisdom to these kids. And a lot of these kids probably have some pretty fucking cool stories. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are from really broken homes and you know, troubled backgrounds. A lot of them are trans kids, you know. And don't the um, the elitists want to read about these stories of troubled youth? They do. That's what we're entertained and by. Somebody in my somebody in my support group was like, "Oh, you're doing that. It's good to." It must be good to do some service. It must be very humbling. And I'm like, it's actually the opposite of humbling. It's not humbling at all. No, it's not. It's If anything, it like... Is it frightening? It, it, it burgeons my fucking ego. Okay. So it kind of like, makes I, you feel like... I, there's like kids who are there who don't even want to be there. And I'm like connecting with them and getting them to actually get involved and engaged in the fucking thing. Dude, I th you're definitely Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need to get a uh, corduroy jacket. Okay. <laughs> 
You need to get one. I used to have one. I used with to have patches. one. Just like Lou Reed. And, and maybe ditch, ditch the vape pen and get like a pipe with tobacco. Okay. Because isn't that what professors usually smoke? Yes, it is. Yeah. Like a pipe with tobacco. Yeah. Back in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, you're, you're getting up to that. And then uh, you're, you're teaching kids at the homeless shelter by day. And by night, you're hanging out at Star Wars-themed cantina bars. Yes, I am. Yeah, so uh, yesterday I was talking to Harrison. He's like, I'm at the cantina bar. And I was like... And the, the funny thing about it is I actually know what he's talking about because I've been to this very same cantina bar. And uh, it's one of these... Pop-up bars, they call them. It pisses me off, actually. The whole idea of it pisses me off, and its very existence really ticks me off because right. there, are, there are a finite number of cool bars in Hollywood. There used to be a lot of cool bars in Hollywood. Like There used to be a lot of cool diet bars and like venues you can go to and get like a beer for three bucks, and it was just divey, and there were homeless people in there. It was cool. But now Hollywood's changing, and it's been changing rapidly the past few years. So now it's like every bar you go to... It's like, they're like, oh, it's Hollywood prices. It's like, yeah, it's like nine bucks for a beer. Like a Bud Light will be like eight bucks. And then every bar has like techno music. $12 and, for a mixed drink. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And so all the uh, bars that I used to know and love and hang out and, uh, and patronize are all gone. And they've been turned into like these like either techno themed bars or like or a condo or something. It also bothers me because it's like, not that I have any love for fucking Disney, but it's they they can't call it star wars but it's it's a blatant copyright violation on the a lot of scum and villainy yes, cantina yes scum and villainy cantina and it looks like the most Eisley cantina yeah and everybody's dressed up like star wars characters you know well, like the, I kept expecting fucking Mickey Mouse to just kick down the fucking door and be like, "Oh, I'm going to burn this place <laughs> to the ground." Oh, 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 the Disney police. You're all going to die. Ho oh, oh. <laughs> uh, ho. No. But the thing is that that pop-up cantina was one of my favorite bars in Hollywood with the last like bastions of, of hope with the bars there. It was called Loaded. Right. And Loaded was like this heavy metal bar and they played every good other, music. Every other bar in that whole strip is just garbage. Oh, they're awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Loaded, you could get like a tall PBR and you could drink like, you know, shots and it wasn't that expensive. They played Motorhead and like Slayer and it was kind of a cool spot. Well, it didn't fare well in Hollywood. The no. place, I guess, like didn't do well the past few months so they closed it down and remodeled the whole thing, tore it apart, and now made it the fucking scum and villainy <laughs> cantina. Yeah. Ah, it pisses me off. You can kind of still tell, though, that, like, uh, the tap looks like a motorcycle thing. That, yeah. That, yeah, so that's still a remnant of uh, Loaded, but, yeah, for the most part, it's like, what the fuck is this? It's, I mean, there's people no, there's no of, cantina I mean, band. I got on the list, but people pay a lot of money to go to that fucking thing. Yeah, we we actually absurd. got on a list with uh, one of uh, one of my girlfriend's friends hooked us up with tickets. But yeah, it was like forty bucks a piece for a ticket, and you go there and you can only be there for two hours. You got to stay in line. You get in for two hours, and you drink their fucking like I don't know Obi Wan's pre cum, and it's like some <laughs> blue fucking milkshake drink with vodka in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's you what get I, drink I, tickets. I had. That. I had that. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking gross, and. Uh, yeah, like, and, and so you go in there for two hours. You I think it's called out. Blue Milk or something. Okay, maybe really it's disgusting. Blue Milk. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like a reference, though? I don't know. Nah, I, I think that's a reference to, like, on Tatooine, yeah. they drink, like, Blue Milk it's or something. Midichlorian mixer. Yeah, who knows? Mm. And there's, like, yeah, there's these theme drinks, and you go there, and, like, everybody's wearing their fucking Star Wars outfits. Right. And it looks like the, you know, the inside of Maz Cantina. But they can't play the actual song. 
because they don't have the rights to it. So they play like a techno remix. There was a chick in a C-3PO cat suit dancing with a Padme Amidala girl. Right, that's not that bad. That wasn't that yeah, bad. Yeah, it'd be into yeah, that. It was okay. Any slave layers? No. No? What a fucking jip. Why didn't you I go didn't as slave layer? Gender I bender. I would have, yeah. <laughs> Crossplay. You right? could be, yeah, you could be yeah. Slave Han. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when I went there, there were like three dudes in full Stormtrooper outfits, like the mm. full outfit. Mm. Uh, Chewbacca guy, and then a bunch of like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> characters I didn't recognize. Uh, my, my girlfriend guy. went as, I don't even know her name. She's like Luke Skywalker's girlfriend or wife. What? Luke Skywalker got this married. Must, that must be the extended universe. Ma- Mara Jade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think that's part of the universe anymore. I don't, I don't know anymore. Canon. Dude, no I don't know what canon. they're doing anymore with Star Wars. Right. They got like fucking characters, you know, like in this Rogue One or whatever. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. I liked Rogue One, though. It was a good movie. I hated Force Awakens. Garbage. Yeah. Literally it, it garbage. Was bad. But what I hate is that the way like, you know, they, they appropriate these these nerd themes. And like mm-hmm. they make these pop ups, and now it's like, oh no, we have this whole thing. It's a style, and and they're thinking of, and, and what pisses me off about it shows how out of touch I am. Mm-hmm. Loaded, there'd be like maybe five people in there listening to Motorhead, drinking whiskey. That place packed. Right. Like that's what people want to do. They want to mm-hmm. go sit in a fucking Star Wars bar. They don't mm-hmm. want to listen to Motorhead, and wear leather pants. And it's a pop up because it's a copyright violation because they can't keep oh, that. They open can't keep it open indefinitely. Yeah. I hope Disney cracks down. Are you going to call Disney and try to tell them? Like, rat them out? I'm sure they know about it. I'm sure if they wanted to, they could just crush them like a bug at any moment. But I thought thought Lucas was, like, notoriously litigious. I've heard. Uh, Is he, like, any copyright violation, he'll, like, crack down on you? He is, but Disney has, you know, obviously bigger fish to fry. For a long time, Lucasfilm did nothing but, like, just, you know, sit on these intellectual properties. Obviously, yeah, so. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, now Disney's like they got to crank out a fucking movie a year. They're busy. They don't have time to crush people like bugs anymore. So one thing Harrison's overlooking is his company that he was with. He was Harrison has some famous people that he hangs out with. True. And so you were hanging out with uh, uh, Dan Fogler, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, you well, you've worked with him in the past before. I have. We write comics together. But that guy's kind of become like a pretty big celebrity now, yes. being that he was in, uh, what's that Harry Potter movie? Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was in that movie, mm. and he was in the movie with the, um, did they play pool or pinball? Or, uh, no, it wasn't. It was uh, table tennis. Yeah, um, Balls of Fury. Balls of Fury. Right. And now he's in an upcoming movie about Sam Kinison, right? Yes, he is. So um, you're hanging out with him. Mm. He's, a, he's, a, he's a star. Do mm. people recognize him? Yes. So did you have a lot of people coming over and being like, holy shit, can I get an autograph? A few times, yeah. Did they yeah. think you were someone And it's weird because it never used to happen before Fantastic Beasts. Like it would be like we go around, it used to be before Fantastic Beasts we'd be going around and people would be like, you know, you look really familiar. You look really familiar. And he'd be like, well, I don't know, you know. Yeah. But now that he was in that movie, people were like, he's got to wear like the sunglasses and the hat and the whole thing. Oh, wow. So, so he's got to, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's funny. Um... Yeah, that's kind of cool. So do people come up to him and you think like, you know, they, they talk to him and then you're like, well, I host a podcast. No. And uh, so I'm kind of famous too. You can have my autograph. Yeah. And then they just laugh. Yeah, no. And walk away. No. <laughs> that, that's one thing about being famous I don't envy at all. What, having to give uh, autographs? Having random people come up to you. The shit must be. Yeah, but what if they're hot girls? Because eventually have... you get to the point where it's like you can't, 
you know, because he's friends with Topher Grace, and I would like go over their house, and that guy just can't leave the house. He just lives in his house. He can't leave. I don't even know what Topher Grace looks like. Is that the guy from the '70s show? Yeah, yeah. Is it the dude with the the Scientologist with the poofy hair? The main guy. He did. He's not. He's one that's not the Scientologist. Everyone okay. on that show is a Scientologist except him or something for some reason. Ashton Kutcher. No. He's a Scientologist too. <laughs> is he? He was. He is too. I, he was. I don't know God, if he still who is. Who isn't but, these days? Yeah, everybody is. Anyway, we 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 got to get Dan Fogler on the show. I've met him before too. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I'll get I'll get I'll get yeah him. We'll, we'll get him on here I'll one day. Him. Do you think he's so famous that when he flies into LAX, he stays at the or he gets to go to the new private terminal? I'm sure if he wanted to, he could he could do that. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. Talk about the uh, the elitists of Los Angeles. This is crazy. I mean, they might as well call this place Elysium. Remember that movie with Matt Damon? Yes. It's like where the ultra-rich lived in this, like, luxurious space station. Right. And uh, they had, like, you know, medical procedures that mm. could give them, like, immortality. Mm. And then the commoners, the plebeians, just lived on this, like, horrible, like, existence on the planet Earth that's just been ravaged by uh, environmental disasters and corporations. You just have to work for companies. Right. <laughs> it's awful. Like Shadowrun, also. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Matt Damon gets this, mm. like, kind of Terminator cyborg suit, and then he goes up and just wreaks havoc on the luxurious planet. Right. Well, it sounds mm. like this is going on here at LAX. Okay. LAX, to people who haven't ever, have never had the, the misfortune of having to fly in there, mm. I think it's the worst airport I've ever been to. Okay. Do you think so? Um, it's, it's pretty bad. It's fucking awful. Yeah. It's awful. Pretty bad. It's, it's like, it's, it's always under construction, perpetual construction. It's massive. It's so poorly organized that to get from one terminal to another, it'll take you like an hour. Yeah. And then it, I don't know if you've ever done the long-term parking there where you actually, no. why would oh, you like, do that? That's crazy. Because sometimes you're going to LAX or you're going on a week long vacation. You park Take an Uber. What is your problem? I guess you can, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. If I'm just going for like four nights, What's you know? the, how much does that cost? Long term parking? It's like twelve bucks a night. Okay, so I guess it's not that much cheaper that's than that. You know what? I have done that. That's not so bad. Yeah, but but then they have this fucking shuttle that mm. comes. I don't know even. I don't even know what the route of the shuttle is. Yeah, that they they come and take you. I remember one mm. time I was on the shuttle, and I was in a hurry to mm. try to get to uh, the airport. I had like I don't know. <laughs> 40 minutes or something and the yeah. woman that's driving the shuttle she's like she just stops mm. and we're like oh is this where she goes no my shift is done mm. and so we're like well can't you drop us off somewhere she's like no I'm done mm. and she just gets off the bus and we're stuck on the bus the shuttle bus she's done D you know she was what, done what don't you understand she goes they won't pay me OT mm. so I'm done and I'm like why why won't they pay you fucking overtime mm. It's an airport. It's a, it's an awful place, and it's like you go in there. It's under construction. TSA is a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Well, anyway, the ultra rich now can go to this thing. Um, they call the private suite. It has um plush pri plush um beds with comforters, privacy, massages, um coriander scented soap, a Willy Wonka style array of chocolates and jelly beans, wine, champagne. Um, you know, funny thing about LAX that people don't realize is that that entire area around that airport is just peppered with sex clubs and dungeons and whatnot. I, you know, I know there's a, all over the place. The the Black Castles out there. Yeah. I don't know if you've been there, but I didn't know that it was, it's all sex They're clubs. They're all over the place. Yeah, it's a very industrial area. Though. It is. Hmm. It do, there's like factories, a sex club, factory, sex club. God, parking lot, sex club, <laughs> dungeon. So sex um. Club. 
that you can go to this private suite. It costs seventy five hundred dollars for an annual membership, and you pay twenty seven hundred per, per, per domestic flight, and three thousand per international flight. You have your own. You don't even have to deal with the traffic right. of trying to get to LAX. Mm. You can just go the Imperial Highway, like a private highway, to get into the private into Elysium, and then uh, the the guards like take your ID and the armed guards, and they let you into. A, an, a separate area. This and is I, really going to have a negative impact on the sex dungeon attendants, I feel like. Well, maybe they're coming right from a sex dungeon going right into uh, into LAX to take off. Well, I, I feel like the, a lot of the people at the sex dungeons are just people who ended up there because they're... Just happenstance? You know, yeah, just because the, you know, the, the shuttle bus just dropped them off in front of it instead of driving them to the fucking and parking lot like, like happened to you. I might as well get a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. So. When in Rome. Mm. Um, the best thing about it is you're sitting there, you're getting a massage, you're drinking your fine Napa Valley Cabernet, and they have a, a monitor on the wall here, which gives you a glimpse of what you're missing over the main terminal right now. And it's a screen linked to videos of travelers looking harassed and being swallowed into the pushing throngs of people trying to get through TSA. So you can gaze upon the commoners. Is that the worst thing you've ever heard? That's the worst thing I've ever heard, and it's so California, you know? Because California is a place that really likes to fucking uh, just really increase the divide between rich and poor yeah. as much as humanly possible. Where other places in America don't do that. Well, you know, they say there it was modeled. They borrowed the concept from Heathrow's Windsor Suite, hmm. which is very similar. It's a marbled sanctuary for popes, presidents, and other VIPs tucked oh. into a corner of Terminal 5. Yes. So I don't Windsor think this is Suite. particular mm. to yes. L.A., you know, but LA is this place. It's like you can't get a metro train into Beverly Hills. Yeah. They don't have a train that goes there. Mm. They don't want a train going into like anywhere near the place where the where the where the wealthy live. Right. Because they don't want homeless. They don't want the riffraff that hang hang out in downtown LA coming over there. Yeah. It is. It's, they it's, don't want they don't want to hire a driver for uh, you know, homeless shelter faculty. They don't do it. <laughs> it when it when it's time to leave to get on your plane. A, your own private TSA agent comes from the main terminal, will pop over to screen you and all of your companions, and then a BMW will come over, or yeah, BMW will come over, pick you up, and take you to your plane. You don't even have to go through boarding. You get to you go on a private escort to your plane. That's bullshit. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, it really is insane. Garbage. Um, let's burn them all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I was looking at this and I was thinking, God, what the, as if that airport isn't any worse. Yeah. I guess if I was experiencing that, I probably wouldn't think it was an awful airport. Right. Like, huh? That kind of works. Did you ever do pre-screening? Did you ever sign up for that? I never did that. I thought about doing that. What did the boards that get you? Do you fly enough to do that? I used to when I had when I, I did an actual job, <laughs> yeah, which is like ages ago. Like yeah. A year ago. It's, it's you been know? a while. Jesus Christ. Now you, now you teach homeless kids. Yeah. Well, I think that's. I think it's more fulfilling, personally. Right. Than uh, anyway, uh, people. This is episode uh, five eighty four here. Sick and wrong. We have news coming up next, and we have phone calls after that. Before we get to our first story, though, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh no! When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive a free sex swing. Hang sex swing to your door and hang on tight. And to top it all off, 
they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out AdamandEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DIDDLE for the offer code upon checkout. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, DIDDLE, at AdamandEve.com. So uh, Harrison, is uh, Cary Grant one of your favorite uh, male actors? No. No? I don't really have a strong opinion about Affinity Cary Grant. towards no. Cary Grant? No. But I mean, of that era, was Cary, how, where does Cary Grant rank? Like, do you like Jimmy Stewart better? I like Jimmy Stewart. Of course I like Jimmy Stewart better. The, you Jimmy just, Stewart's a character. Cary Grant's just kind of a, a you know... Just a, leading a dashing man. leading yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He was good North by Northwest. Right. No, he was. That's you know, the thing film. is, though, I was wondering about this. So Cary Grant, his real name is Archibald Leach. Which I, I think I sounds better yeah, than Cary Grant. That's a great Archibald name. Leach. Arch, Archibald Leach. I think I yeah. think actually someone should make a yeah. band called Archibald Leach. That's a good name. Yeah, it's a good band name. Sounds like a Dick Tracy villain, who's got like yeah. a Leach face. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, which, who I always thought was gay too, wasn't his sexual orientation under? He question? lived with another man for twelve years. Twelve years. Did, doing a little research. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. I mean, he had yeah. Obviously, he had daughter. He had kids. Um, he was very neat, multiple marriages, very right? meticulous and neat. That's, yeah, multiple that's marriages. Yeah. Um, he did live on and off with another man for about twelve years. Okay. Um, well, there's there's another thing, and this is like he wasn't in college, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, apparently, in 1980, uh, Chevy Chase said that on TV that he was a homo. What a gal. <laughs> and Cary Grant sued him successfully, oh, wow. yeah, for for libel or slander or something like that. Well, you know, the thing is with Cary Grant, I think it's like he had this front facing pretense. Like yeah. everyone's like, you know, he's handsome, he's intelligent, he's married, has kids, but I think he actually had a, a lot of issues. Like uh, he's emotionally scarred from his childhood. He also did a lot of LSD. It's that true. guy tripped on a lot of LSD. Like lots of, I mean, like hundreds right. of acid trips. Yeah. You would never think that. I don't know. I just, he doesn't, like, you just don't think that, that, that people at that time would do that. Yeah. Um, but what's There's interesting, a lot of records of it too. Yeah. Well, that's what's was, interesting is a documentary that's uh, premiering at uh, Cannes this year. It's called uh, Becoming Carrie Grant. It's by uh, Mark Kydell as a director. It tells a story of Grant's self-made rise from English kid born into poverty to a Hollywood icon. And uh, they, they kind of go through his whole life, and they say that how LSD, lots of it, lots of LSD, helped Grant come to terms with the childhood um, that he saw his alcoholic, alcoholic father commit his clinically depressed mother to a mental institution and tell her that she had died. Hmm. Like he just told his kid, oh, no, your mom's dead, but she'd been actually committed by the dad. <laughs> so um, I guess in the 50s, he had developed this, like, Cary Grant character because I think a lot of people didn't a lot of people back then have to do that like if you had a really Jewy sounding name like you just came up with a pseudonym of course yeah all the time and like yeah. so apparently Archibald Leach doesn't sound sexy enough no so you come up with Cary Grant I guess so I don't know yeah so that's, that's why I came up with D. Simon because it's just a sexy sounding oh, name oh yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> so Grant had been uh, having trouble with his life and this character that he constructed so in, a, in an effort to discover inner peace, he uh, began seeking therapy. And what they do back, what they did back then was they did LSD treatment. Like yeah. that was normal. Mm -hmm. Did you say they were bringing that back? 
Did I say that? I don't. Or think was I said it? That. Or are they doing it with like ecstasy or something? They are doing that with ecstasy. They do it with ketamine. Ketamine. That's yeah, what it was. Treat not, depression. Not, yeah, ketamine. Clinic in Santa Monica. They treat, I thought about doing it. Treats depression with uh, ketamine. But I mean, it's like. But back then, when they used to do this, um, so what they did. What they did is he went to like a, uh, this was even before Timothy Leary and before the whole uh, hippie scene. Between 1950 and 1965, around 40,000 patients were prescribed uh, LSD to treat conditions such as alcoholism, schizophrenia, depression, PTSD. Right. Even in the UK, the uh, Powick Hospital funded an LSD clinic. Um, The CIA would test the drug as a true serum. You were telling me that uh, Whitey Bulger... Yeah, they would uh, MK Ultra. They would do it on uh, prisoners. In they could sign up for it. If you were a prisoner, you could sign up to be for tested LSD on treatment, and you get out earlier. Yeah. So Waddy Bulger was uh, one of them that they tested, and they'd give you a lot because they didn't know how much to give people. They'd give you like the equivalent of like a thousand hits or something. God, you that's know? insane. Because they had no idea, and you'd just be like a gibbering mess. Ken Kesey, before all that hippie bullshit, volunteered for MK Ultra. He was a, was he a, uh, I don't think he was a, a prisoner. Was I don't he... think he was a prisoner at the time. I think he just somehow ended up volunteering for it. I wonder if that was mm. his uh, inspiration for Cuckoo's Nest. Because the CIA, you know what, he, it might have been when he was in a, a mental in hospital. In the mental hospital, yeah. hospital, yeah. Because the CIA, at first, they started testing it on themselves. Because it didn't occur to them to test prisoners. <laughs> so it would be like, you you know, they, they just tested on each other, like in the office. You know, so you'd be like drinking your coffee in the morning and you'd see a guy with like a lab coat, like taking notes, watching you. And you'd be like, oh, shit. (laughs) And one guy like jumped out a window and killed himself. One of the guy worked for the CIA. They dosed him and he fucking jumped out a window and killed himself in New York. God. And so then they're like, you know what? Maybe we should just do this on people who are, you know, dispensable. Yeah, pretty much. Let's go to criminals. And a lot of people, because a lot of the records that MKUltra had, it was just were destroyed after Watergate because they're like, uh oh, let's, you know, beat it. The feds and they'd burn, they burned a lot of the records. But a lot of people say there was a, a prison in Indiana that Charles Manson was held at during the 50s. And it was at that same time they were testing. LSD on prisoners as part of M- MK Ultra. Do you think they tested it on him? They, I'm sure he's done his fair share. Rec- if they yeah. did, if they did, they burned the fucking records because they didn't want to be associated with him. You know, but know. it's likely that they did. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised they don't do that now. Because don't you think a lot of uh, prisoners now? It's like if they, if it's like sure we're going to be doing some tests of these different drugs. You know, uh, we'll let you out a few months early if you do it. I'm sure they'd volunteer. Yeah. Yeah, they made a movie about it. It's called Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we could hire them right. to, uh, to mean, fight the you, Joker. Why test cosmetics on monkeys? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you could test yeah. it on... Uh, yeah. But I'm sure, like, the, I'm not saying, like, force, you know, force them to, get, to do these tests. I'm no, you, you volunteer and you get, yeah. And that's how you develop your powers. Right. Like Luke Cage. Yeah, everybody. That, that, that what Same thing. Same exact thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, they, so they didn't just give you, like... A microdose, mm-hmm. like a couple tabs, and see what happens. No, they gave you like many tabs. Yeah, like thousand, like a you know a few hundred hits, thousand micrograms, something crazy. Yeah. So sure. uh, turned on to the treatment by his third wife, Betty Drake, uh, Betsy Drake. Grant submitted himself to weekly sessions uh, with uh, Doctor Hartman at the Psychiatric Institute of Beverly Hills, and he said the effects were startling. In one LSD dream. He imagined himself as a giant erect penis 
launching off from Earth like a spaceship. Hmm. That dude's got to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> He's dreaming of giant hard-ons. So totally gay. It does seem, yeah. I got to say, I agree with Chevy Chase. Not a big mm. fan of Chevy Chase either. Right. But, you know, it's the man's dreaming of big penises. You know, big penises rocketing into space. Super gay. What about a giant penis drilling into the center of the Earth? Hmm. And the center of Earth looks like a vulva? No, the, the, you get to the center of the earth and then you start um, uh, sexually violating giant mole men. Okay, that's super gay okay, too. It's, right. it's, it's a little more deviant, but it's definitely gay. Okay, yeah. I, I need to talk to my therapist then <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> Shit. Um, mm. If you're dreaming like that, I don't know if you should be around the homeless youth, okay? <laughs> so uh, Grant's, Grant's biggest movies happen while he was tripping balls. Okay. Yeah, this is the time of, uh, this is around like North by Northwest. Right. And a uh, charade and all that. So I wonder, I mean, I wonder if it's like, you know, weekly sessions, he'd be tripping out, but then obviously during the day, he's not like dosing every day. Yeah. Do they? What, I, don't, what do, I don't think he's doing it while he's on set, probably. But do you think back then they, they made it in like a controlled environment, like you dose in like a padded room, or did mm. they like, you go to Rite Aid and just pick up like a, you know, a, an envelope full of acid and just dose when you want to? No, I, I'm sure, but the, I'm sure the doctor gave it to him to take home. Probably, oh, okay. Because like, you know, I don't think they cared that much. Hmm. But I'm sure he didn't take it when he was on set. Was it like, like all right, Mr. Grant, let's do the scene with who's the chickens North by Northwest? I forget. Was it Grace Kelly? Yeah. And he just be like, well, the ghoulish kalamu, gobble gobbledush, gomolo to mishim. Mr. Grant, you're speaking in nonsense. You're not speaking real words. Ola kamal, shemolo manin. That's what happened. He said he reached an incredible level of total minimalism, complete inner peace. <laughs> Okay. So maybe it came from acid. Yeah. But you know, he also kind of uh, retired from acting in 1966, the same year that LSD possession became a crime. Hmm. So I wonder if he just like didn't want to go out in public anymore and just trip out in his, uh, in his own apartment. No, no. Rocket to space. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. So uh, anyway, check it out. Becoming Cary Grant. You can learn a lot more about Cary Grant tripping balls. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of cool. I guess it's going to be on Showtime. And, uh, yeah, after the Cannes Film Festival premiere, it'll be on Showtime if, on if, June 9th. If a, if a rocket ship is a giant dick, wouldn't the balls uh, detach? You know what I mean? Oh, like, like, a, like a shuttle? Yeah like, like a space a, shuttle? yeah, yeah. like the balls detach and then it's just the dick going up into the atmosphere. Hmm. That's, Was that that's in the what... movie Spaceballs? Seems like it probably might have been. Yeah. Okay. Because isn't that what they would be? I think there was like every joke in Spaceballs. The Spaceballs. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a every, rocket with like every big, single yeah, thing. Every planet's yeah. a, a testicle. <laughs> I, you know, I still find that movie funny, though. You know, I would never watch it now because I would afraid it would ruin my memory of it. I, don't know, I remember uh, Wackerly used to always say that uh, people that went to Burning Man should do the whole thing with a big comb in the desert. Right. You know, and the, I don't know why they've never done that. I'm sure they have done it. Maybe they have. You know. I, I couldn't deal with Bernie Man, so I'd never find out. No, I can't anyway. do it. What do you have here for the second story? <sighs> this, is a, this is a tough one. Reminiscent of a story that took place once on a, on a, on a, on a misty morn in Canada uh, on a Greyhound bus. Greyhound bus. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Where the, uh, the guy decapitated uh, someone. On the, yeah. And everyone on the bus freaked yeah. out, ran yeah. off the bus. And he steps out of the bus holding the head. Yeah. Like, ah, ah, ah. And yeah. it was brutal, too. He took out a machete and like right. chopped him like several yeah. times. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Uh, Oregon man kills mother on Mother's Day, brings her severed head to store. Wow. Wow. On Mother's Uh, Day, too. Uh, Excuse me. I'd like to return this. (laughs) Sir, I don't. Do you have a receipt? No, I lost it. Do you think he put it in a bag or yeah. you just carry it by the hair? <laughs> carry it by the hair. Yeah. How else so? are you going to, that's the only way to carry a severed head. If, if you, if you carry it any other way, you should be fired. Yeah. I'm just saying. Out of uh, the cannon into the sun. Yeah. Perseus carried the Gorgon head in a bag. Right. But I guess that would also turn people <laughs> Oh, I guess he did. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Mark Jacobs bag. Yeah, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. I wonder if he like put it into like a plastic bag from like Kroger. Bowling ball bag. A bowling ball bag would yeah, work. That's yeah. good. Okay. Or you could put it in a box and you can be like, what's in the box? What? <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? Uh, a man killed his mother on Mother's Day at a rural Oregon home, then showed up at a grocery store in a nearby town carrying her decapitated head and began stabbing a checkout clerk before being subdued, authorities said Monday. Maybe you'll get to this in a second, but I find it really odd that a checkout clerk would help him. You know, be like, hey, would you like to check out, sir? Oh, mm. you're carrying a head. Okay, you know, uh, we don't take food stamps here. Do you want like, paper or plastic? Yeah, like, would, would you, you like, run? Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I saw the head, yeah. you know, and the blood dripping and all that, I'd be out of there. Yeah. Or if you're at, like, Trader Joe's, or oh, no, you need to go on the other side of the counter, sir. Yeah. You're on the wrong side of the counter. I'm always on the wrong side of the counter. Every time I fucking do it. That fucking place. And they make uh, you pack your own yeah. bags. And they got the special like hand wrist fucking protectors. And, uh, they, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, the gruesome chain of events unfolded in two tiny rural towns. Once known for logging about 30 miles south of Portland and sent shockwaves through Estacada where most people knew the white-haired checkout clerk identified as 66-year-old Michael Wagner for his warmth and quick sense of humor. Hmm. hmm. I wonder if he cracked any jokes about this. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joshua Webb had vision problems and received Social Security payments. Joshua Webb is the... Uh, Decapitator. Decapitator. Yeah. Okay. Um, He lived at home so his parents could care for him, his father said, adding that they had recently bought him a dog because he wanted one. Hmm. They spoiled him, clearly. Um, His mother had said she believed her son was depressed. But David Webb said he never saw any indication of that when he spoke with his son. Okay, so the mom thought he was... It sounds like the mom kind of uh, smothered... Like a helicopter parent, like smothered him. Maybe. Yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. How old is this guy? He was, um, you know, a 36. Still living at home. Yeah, a wow. year younger than I. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Still living at home. Yeah. Something, go- something is going on there. Right. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the bizarre sequence began Sunday afternoon, Mother's Day, in Colton, a once significant logging town about 40 miles southeast of Portland. Okay. I guarantee you, if you're a logging town, eventually you'll be called a once significant logging town. <laughs> once significant, yeah. yeah. because you run out of trees. Yeah, eventually. You know, eventually eventually you run yeah. out of trees. That's what happened. Uh, the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office said Webb killed his mother at their rural home. And that's all the details we have about that. Wait, did he, did he, what did he use to cut her head doesn't off? doesn't say. A sword? Well, here, wait, all right. So... Uh, Joshua Webb showed up at a thriftway in downtown Estacada, about 12 miles away, 
Uh, when he entered this grocery store, he was covered in blood, had a large kitchen-type knife, and was carrying oh. a severed human head. So he just did it with, like, a serrated knife. That's what, the, that's what we're led to believe. Wow. Yeah. You know, I wonder if, like, in this day and age, I guess this guy's 36, but I, you'd think a lot of kids would do something like, like millennials would be taking selfies with it, don't right. you think? Yeah, they should be. Yeah, I'm just surprised. He's a little too old for that. You think so? I mean, he's 36. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, hell of a Tinder profile pic. Mm. I mean, I know if I went on a rampage, I probably wouldn't think to stop and take do a selfie. Dude, you got 12 miles. He, do you yeah. think he drove to the store or did he walk? He, he probably, probably drove. drove. Yeah, he's maybe he took drive. the car. That's a but long But he's got walk. bad... Does he have vision problems? He does. He really God. should be driving. Yeah, I was about to say. Dangerous. Dangerous stuff here. Uh, he began stabbing a store employee... But he was quickly overwhelmed by other employees who held him until police arrived. Hmm. He was like in a catatonic state, wasn't speaking to anybody, Robert said, Robert, the police chief, uh, adding that the only thing he said during the encounter before his arrest was that he was thirsty. Okay. Yeah. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> uh so uh, Wagner, the grocery store checkout clerk, was hospitalized and was expected to survive. Oh, wow. Well. So, yeah. Mother always made me eat pretzels. Yeah. Mother would never give me water. So uh, inside Lou's drive-in next door to the grocery store, customers talked of nothing but the stabbing and of Wagner, whom everyone seemed to know. Well, that had to be big local news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as residents swapped stories, Flora stood by a growing cluster of balloons and shouted out details of Wagner's condition to drivers who stowed, slowed along the main street to check in. He's super nice and outgoing. He's the epitome of what this place stands for. He always has jokes for you in the line, and he goes out of his way to know your name. So wait, wait, wait. They made a Myler Balloon Trash Tree Memorial for the guy? Yeah. A lot of balloons. God. What, what? I mean, the, he, he didn't die. You'd think no. he would do it for the mom. I guess you'd think so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so they love this guy. Apparently, he, a white-haired checkout clerk making jokes. Be like, hey, Josh, looks like you got a head there. You get it? You're getting ahead of the game. You're getting ahead of the game. Oh, you got stabbed. Oh, God. Yeah, pretty sad. awful. Yeah. Worst Mother's Day ever. Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's some people go to like uh, Red Lobster with mom, you know, to take her out and do something nice. He hey, chops you're off a, her head. You're getting ahead of yourself there, buddy. What are you, what are you waiting? Get, get back in the line. Oh! He stabs him. Stabs him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. That's what happened. I'm sure he made a, an off-color joke. And he's like, this is my mom, man. This is my mom. Why are you making jokes about my mom? I'm gonna, oh, Do you think he put his hand like through the neck and use the, yeah. you know, like well, manipulate the well, lips? What do you think I should do, mom? Well, Josh, I think he's, those jokes are very inappropriate. Maybe you should stab him through the pancreas. I don't know, mom. That's uh, That would be pretty rude. And I am... <laughs> There, there are three people in front of me in line that are probably waiting to stab him before I, I can. I mean, no, do it, do it. <laughs> I'm sure that's what went down. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh. Excuse me, sir. Could no. you tell me where the Summer's Eve products are? <laughs> Next thing you know, he's like, okay, this isn't funny. Stab them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, right <laughs> Terrible. They're going to be talking about that story for years. Oh, yeah. Years. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, the last story we got here came in from Rich. He says, dude... This story has the fucking lot. No spoilers, but it ticks about every cool box we celebrate. 
Oh. He's got a point there. It's a pretty good one. It's a good one. All right. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. It's the epitome of sick and wrong stories here. (laughs) Chilling phone call reveals man requested electrician after he cooked wife's body on stove. Hmm. Yep. A uh, disturbing phone call is recorded the moment a man who murdered his wife requests an electrician fix a power supply in his apartment where he had been cooking her body on the stove. In a gruesome case of domestic violence, chef-turned-escort Marcus Volke killed his wife, Mayang Pertsecio, and tried to dismember the body, but the boiling stove had cut off the power in the apartment. All right, so the, a few questions based on this so far. Um, a chef turned escort. Chef turned escort. Okay, that's odd. I wonder if he mixes the two. Like, if he wears a chef outfit, but no, no underwear underneath. Right. Like apron, just yeah, dick. And like fucking Rob. Who's that ass? Rob Schneider is going to play him in the movie. Like you know, Cary Grant's wet dream. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider's yeah, gonna play. Yeah. Did, what did he play a chef? Deuce Bigelow, male Jiggle. Oh, Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna be like, yeah. oh, I got a, I got a client here, and I'm sliding across the floor in my fucking speedo while my wife's guts are in the fucking oven. You know, that's that's gonna be hilarious situations like that. Also. His girlfriend's name? Is that a name or is that just a bunch of random syllables smashed she's, together? She's Indonesian. Okay. All right. So it's so the My Young okay. Yeah. It's like, I think it's an Indonesian name. The, the okay. other thing that you're kind of glossing over here is, mm. so he dismembered the body. What was he planning? Was he cooking like candle wax? So like, what was he planning to do with it? This is like the worst way to dispose of a corpse I've ever heard. It's very bad. Like what is he boiling in a big crock pot? Like what I is mean, he? What, I mean, what's the what's the end game here? I've made candles on my stove, and it was just a disaster. It was yeah, a mess. This, is, this isn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, so anyway, there's an actual phone call that recorded the conversation he had with an electrician, and this guy, the chef turned escorts, Australian. So picture this in an Australian accent, which I cannot do. I can't. And I'm do not even going to try. Yeah, but no. He's like, "Good day. Is this a 24-hour electrician?" <laughs> And the uh, the 27-year-old could be heard on the phone call. And uh, he's like, yeah, I got a bit of a problem. You know, he just puts the fosters down. And he's like, I got a problem here. Um, I was cooking on my stove. It's an electric stove. And the stock pot boiled over, dripped down, got in the oven, basically made this big bang, and now all the power turned off. Does this sound like something you could fix today? And the electrician's like, sure. And so when he turned up, um, the guy, uh, the chef turned escort, warned him about the smell. He's like, it smells bad in here. It's because I'm cooking pig's broth. Pig's? What is that? That's you a know, thing. I, I got to say, though, that's a pretty good... I don't know what pig's broth is. I'm, right. you know, I, don't, I don't eat that. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, do people do that? Do you like chicken mm. broth? Do you make mm. like pig soup? I guess you could. I mean, I've never heard of pig's broth. But I guess if you got human body parts, you know, pig looks like a human. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's a pretty good cover because yeah. imagine, imagine like yeah. you know, boiling pig probably yeah. smells like boiling human. Isn't the flesh supposed to be similar? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this uh, this uh, pink skin over here by these intestines looks kind of weird. Oh, no, it's just a pig. It's just a pig. Yeah, but I noticed you got this uh, severed head. <laughs> this uh, what it looks like a female human uh, severed head. Yeah, I think the pig ate that before the, I got it. It was yeah. like that. It was in the pig's stomach. I don't know who that is. 
Who is that? Yeah, her photo's right over here. I how did I get? I don't. Ugh. Rob Schneider, everybody. Don't you think he probably would have had a better idea going to a pig farm? Right. Yeah, it's probably the best way to dispose of a corpse. Yeah, that's no, obviously, you yeah. know. Or you go to a veterinarian's incinerator. You know, that's, break that's into a, a good, veterinarian yeah. office, go to the incinerator, boom, problem solved. Wouldn't even be that difficult. No, yeah. real easy. I, I Call me. I, I know how to do these things. One thing you definitely do not do is invite a fucking electrician into your flat. No. You know, where you're cooking up your dead wife. Uh, the tradesman, the electrician, noted that there were bottles of bleach, rubbish bags, <laughs> and rubber gloves just strewn around the entire apartment. Okay. Well, there's a telltale sign. Mm -hmm. You'd think you'd hide that, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe tidy up a bit mm -hmm. before you get the civilian coming in here. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, restored the power. And he alerted the building manager who called the police just to carry out a welfare check. Um, after the, when the police showed up, initially, uh, the chef turned escort was cooperative. Mm -hmm. He was talking to me. He said, hey, can you guys hold on a second? I just need to go in and secure the dogs. Well, as soon as he went in there, he locked himself in the, in the apartment. He slashed his throat, escaped out the back, jumped over a garden fence, and uh, hid inside a trash bin where he <laughs> bled to death. Yeah. Wait, what? He bled to death? Well, he slashed his throat open. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, so he, he like locked part. himself in the I'm apartment, sorry, slashed that. his throat, jumped over a garden mm -hmm. fence, and then bled to death in a trash bin. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, hell of an end there. Um, Get Rob Schneider on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> when police went yeah. into, into the apartment, mm. uh, they thought they found a sick joke because they saw human feet in a pot on the kitchen floor mm. and then they discovered his wife's remains in a trash bag. And then Ashton Kutcher came out the back room and been like, mm. you've been punked. Yeah. yeah. I bet they had a big laugh about that. Yeah, that must have been funny. Wait a minute, these aren't rubber feet. <laughs> yeah, the, mm. the uh, constable said, I thought it was some sort of sick prank, like Halloween or something. Why and then you, I put two it, and two together. Indonesians always end up getting cooked, I feel like, in America. Is this America? This is in Australia. Oh. Yeah, this well, is still, where it's in Australia. Well, they went from Indonesia to Australia. Jeffrey Dahmer was cooking up Indonesians all the time, right? Wasn't, oh, the, yeah, wasn't the kid that escaped? Filipino, one of them Filipino? was Indonesian, yeah. yeah don't, don't get your brown people all confused here, okay? <laughs> you know, it's the Pacific. Yeah. Um, so, uh, neighbors said they hadn't seen his wife taking their three pugs on a walk for a few days since they'd, found the, since they'd heard the couple arguing. Why not just chop her up mm. like into fine pieces and feed it to the pugs? That would take a long time. Pugs are small animals. Yeah, but you could put her in a freezer and just little by little feed well, her I to the pugs. I bet those pugs had a fucking feast that day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and plus it would have been kind of ironic. It's yeah. like her favorite dogs eating her. Yeah. A hell of a revenge. How ironic. Yeah. Mwah. So Volky told his family he was a cook on cruise ships, but for months, months, he and his wife... An Indonesian preoperative transgender sex worker worked as high-paid escorts and traveled around the world. Mm. So they were living like a double Jesus. life here. You know? Like, you know what? Our lives aren't strange enough. Yeah, let's just make <laughs> let's, it a little weirder. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's involve some cannibalism here. The couple lived in Denmark mm. for more than a year, where Volki called himself Heath Extra Large. Heath XL. <laughs> And uh, he uh, described himself as a young, sexy Australian boy, very friendly and easygoing, discreet and professional. Hmm. Um, his wife was born in Indonesia. She started to transition to a woman in, uh, before moving to Australia and working as an escort. Uh, she sent her all the money she made uh, back home to her two younger sisters. 
you know that's the one thing about like uh, Indonesian girls, Thai girls. You mm. know, they start transitioning at a young age. You'd have no idea. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's not something you'd know. Yeah. But she's preoperative, so obviously she uh, had the had the equipment. Right. Uh, the day after the murder, Volki went to a hospital for a cut on his hand. Um, they expect this uh, this this court to be a open and shut ruling. Apparently, domestic violence is a, is a major deal in Australia. One woman, on average, is killed every week by a former current partner in Australia. What, is, what do you mean, open and shut? He's dead, right? Well, that's what they're saying. It's okay. like, are they yeah. going to have a, like, is there going to be a court case? It's just like her death. Mm. She died. Crazy wacko mm. chopped her up and tried to cook her. I always feel bad for the, like, the repairmen in these situations. Well, that have to come to like the torture house, you know, the like the, the murder sex dungeon. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's your problem. Uh, your gas line's clogged up with this, uh, this human spine. Yeah, you're gonna want to take care of that. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, like, sorry. didn't this guy see the oven? Like, as soon as I walked in there and smelled the weird smell, I'd be like, oh, you know what? I left my uh screwdriver in my car. I'll be right back. Brown, just yeah. be gone. <sighs> you know, calling the cops on the way out of there. Like, I feel bad for the guy. Like, he had to go, yeah, deal with the murder house. Yeah. What about those cops with Dahmer? Didn't Dahmer have, like, an Indonesian kid escape, right? And then the cops brought him back? Yeah. And, and he, but he had had a hole drilled in his back, of his, his back skull, of his skull. And then, like, it p- attached back on. So they're like, oh, looks like you guys are just having a nice evening here. And he's like, yeah, not chumlum. <laughs> and Jeffrey Dahmer's like, oh yeah, he's fine, he's fine. He's just like, yeah, they, had, they got like a lobotomy yeah, there. Yeah. But I think wasn't it like the comps is in Wisconsin? They're just like, okay, two weird yeah. gay dudes yeah. doing their weird gay things. Hey, it smells like you're uh, cooking up some broth over there. Oh, good. Oh yeah, he's doing fine. Well, now this morning, you know. <laughs> But they they didn't bring him into the apartment, right? Did they just kind of drop him off? And Dahmer's like, "I'll take it from here." Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks yeah. cops. Serve yeah. and protect, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, serve and protect. Hey, he's got whole jars of brat hanging up over there. All right. Anyway, the moral of the story is just don't cook your wife up in your apartment. It's never going to go well. No, no. You know? It's going to ruin your dishes. You're going to get a whole new. You got to go Bed Bath and Beyond and buy a whole new mm-hmm. set of dishware. And you don't want to do it. It's too messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people send your stories. Stick around podcast at hotmail.com. Uh, we have phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Before we get to our first call, though, here's another word from Adam and Eve. Yeah. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive a free sex swing. Hang sex swing to your door and hang on tight. And to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DIDDLE for the offer code upon checkout. And that's D-I-D-D-L-E, DIDDLE, at adamandeve.com. So we got a few phone calls to get to. Um, mm. Call the on hotline 323-522-4032 and uh, keep it under three minutes. Uh, the first call we got is uh, from a guy who's concerned of, of, about the support you're getting, Harrison, yeah. with, your, uh, with your sober endeavors. Okay. All right. 
So, fucking Harrison. The reason that motherfucker is so gruntled, dis disgruntled, grunting. Yeah, gruntled. Yeah, I'm gonna start using that as a as a as it would be a verb. Like he's gruntled. No, it's an adjective. If you're gruntled, you're doing great. If you're gruntled, yeah. yeah. It's, if you're disgruntled, then it's a problem. Then it's a problem. Yeah. And, and I think last week you were um, extremely disgruntled about Was I? something. Was I? I don't know why. I'm always. I feel like I always am. Yeah. You know? It's rare that you're ever gruntled. Things are going downhill for me. So yeah. yeah okay. Because of uh, because of the fact that he's still fucking sober, man. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean. It's really just is a miserable existence, and you know I, I feel you. Way to rub it in. It's just not very fun. But well, let's be honest. There's been a few hiccups along the way, you know. Oh, has there recently? Yeah, there's, there's no, you know, you can't. Well, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like right. my hats off to you yeah. for being sober without doing like actual drugs. Yeah. Let alone you're going the whole like I'm going to be dry. Like I'm not even drinking. Yeah. Which I don't even know if I consider Which, that. Which to a be drug. honest, I think kind of fucked me up a couple times. I felt like if I had some release, I would have been all right. Are you? But, or wait, are you drinking again now? Not really. No. Not really. Oh, okay. No. So no, I, I stopped. sparingly. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I stopped. I I was like briefly doing it, and then. You know, but like the one guilt. weekend, oh, okay. and then I was like, I felt bad. But you know, I fucked up one time with drugs. Do you, you have know? to give your coin back, your sober coin? Oh, they, you're supposed to recount the. You're supposed to start counting again, counting days again. Oh, but I was like, the because I, I I never understood when they say um, relapse is part of recovery. I always thought that meant like it gives you a. I always thought that they just say that to give you a carte blanche to do whatever the fuck you want. So if you but, relapse, it's like but no, not it's, the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, no, it's actually so that you don't fucking hang yourself after you relapse is apparently what it... Because you get very stressed out and managing a relapse. It's like, who do I tell? Do I send out a press release? What's going on? And you want to get back on the fucking wagon as soon as you can, you know? But it's, it's brutal. Because then people are like, oh, I'm back to one... And then once you're at like, you know, once you're at less than 30 days sober, people start treating you differently. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck counting days. I'm not counting days. I'm done. Because hmm. I was up to, I don't know, 80 days or yeah, something. Yeah, no, it was a yeah. while. And uh, before I fucked up one time, you know. They need like a Jewish mom to mm. be uh, your, what, sober counselor or something. Right, yeah. Because like she could just guilt you into doing this. It's where true. It's like you start thinking yeah. about her like, God, she's going to be so disappointed in me. Well, when I fucked up, I, I actually had, I found a, um, I had a strip of Suboxone in my drawer. What is that? It's Suboxone is like a thing that they put the kids on now when they're on heroin or something. It's like a opiate agonist, antagonist. I don't even know. It's past my day. I'm a methadone man. Mm -hmm. You know, this is after my time. But it was like some chick wanted to buy Xanax from me at some point. And she's like, I don't have any money, man. I'll give you this Suboxone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And I took it. Did you crush it and snort it? Um, you could just, it's a strip. You just throw it in your mouth. Just, oh, and okay. You get... Apparently, if you keep taking it, you won't get high. But first time you take it, you get high as fuck. Hmm. It How was, was it? Oh, it was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Now that it was is a fantastic now that's a vacation. relapse. Yeah, it was that's a fantastic a little vacation for a weekend, and then, um, and then I went back to 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 I to my outpatient with with urine that I brought with me. 
Was so someone else's urine? Know. No, it was mine that I oh, did okay. before I took it. Oh, before yeah. you took it. That's yeah. clever. Yeah. Crafty. Yeah, I'm, I'm crafty, man. And so they yeah. didn't know. They didn't know. Oh, but okay. then eventually they found out. I might have told my psychiatrist. I something happened. I forget how they found out, but they found out. Hmm. And then they're like, you need to start doing this again and you need to go to sober living. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I will be sober just to spite you people. That's, that's what I'm Just running on. I don't need to go yeah. to your sobriety yeah. houses. I can actually do it myself. I do everything. Spite is my greatest motivator. Yeah, in I life. can see that. You know, so. Well, I think they're just, they work in generalities, though, right? Right. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. So, anyway. You know, the fact that you are still going strong. <laughs> Keep thinking that. Able to stay sober is, you know giving me hope that if a fucking miserable fuck like you stay sober maybe you know I have a chance I just ruined this um, life <laughs> yeah but fucking keep it hell of a role model and uh yeah Harrison good job D uh, I don't know um you really haven't been supporting Harrison too what? much in his sobriety. I don't know. It's if, a uh, crock. It's true. You can uh, step that up a little bit, I think. Yeah. I think you can, you know, really do a lot more for Harrison. Jesus, what the fuck do you, you know, want me to do? Support department, but, yeah. Am I supposed to put a wig on and pretend to okay. be your Jewish mom? Yeah. Second round. Bye. I'm saying this while I'm drinking a vodka orange juice. Yeah, you fucker. Ah, nice vodka. <laughs> I'm not trying to rub it in, but I think it's good mm. for me to drink, you know, in front of you because you can see, you can test your own restraint. I okay. think it's what it is. Yeah. Because, it, cause, I mean, if you think about it, you're going to go in public. It's not like everybody's going to know you're in recovery and they're going to hide their alcohol from you. So I think by seeing it, you're going to be able to be like, okay, I can deal with this. I mean, I see it all the time. You know, you ain't helping. <laughs> you ain't helping. <laughs> Right. I'm doing this for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it for you. Yeah. It's not even dark uh, yet. <laughs> it's not even dark outside yet. The sun is not even fucking set. Yeah, it's like the four is... in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already drinking. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah. you know, some of us have to cope with life, okay? Mm. All right? Um, no, I support your sobriety. Yeah. And if, if you really want me to put a wig on mm. and maybe like, a, you know, a fat mm. suit and pretend mm. to be a Jewish mom to, yeah. to guilt you into being sober, I might do that once a month. <laughs> A fair weather friend is what they might call you. <laughs> Actually, I recently accused Betty Ford of being a fair weather treatment facility. Ooh. Yeah. Why? Wait, wait, wait. That was, yeah, that's harsh. Yeah. Wait, how did they take that? Not well. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, yeah. Not well. They didn't kick you out? No, they didn't kick me out. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I'm very likable. People don't kick me out. People don't kick me out of stuff. I kick people out of stuff. All right. Ooh, yeah. The other way around. Mm. So this guy here, uh, you're you're his role model, and now you've just ruined his world. <laughs> his life is in shatters. Every, you, know? Like, you know, nobody's fucking poverty's nerfed, right? That's why uh, pencils so have the erasers. Goes, yeah. yeah, pencils have erasers, etc. Yeah. Um, I try. You know, I think you're doing a damn good yeah, job. Yeah, I'm trying you my are. best here, guys. Yeah. You so. know, I'm not. I haven't gone off the fucking deep end. Quit judging, right? okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, but I still think you've you've inspired a few people to listen to the show. Okay. Um, the next the next call we got here is uh, this has become a contentious issue. Our use of the word retard. Yes. Some people 
totally against it. Mm. Other people, totally for it. Mm. So it, it, it's difficult to, uh, to, to, to tell where we are in the spectrum. So this guy is calling in, and he's defending our use of the word retard. A spirited defense of the word retard. He's a regular Clarence Darrow, this mm. guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey there, sick and wrong. Been a fan for many years. Never called in before, though. Just had a little fact check for you for uh, the retard episode from last week. This guy, this call, this is so crisp. It sounds yeah. like he's calling in from a recording studio or something. Yeah, no, he recorded this. Oh, okay. He sent in an MP3. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. You know, Steele was ranting about a girl, Down syndrome, entered a state beauty pageant. And, you know, I looked it up because I wanted to see if she was hot, like objectively hot or just hot for, you know, her condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever thought, like, uh, for a Down syndrome girl, she's pretty hot? Have you ever, has that ever occurred no, to you? No, I don't think that's occurred to me. I think usually I see, like, as soon as I see someone that possibly has Down syndrome, they're not on my list of hot girls. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't consider them attractive anymore. I consider them like, oh, okay, she's mm. got Down syndrome and she's a she's a, a perfectly fine person. But I'm not saying, like, I wouldn't look at her and be like, you know, she's pretty hot for a retard. I guess I'd probably bone her. I don't usually think that. I guess it depends on where you are. In life. In life. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because, again, I've had those moments where it's like, hey, that front of that car looks kind of like a face, you know? Yeah, and so I get a little turned on. a lot of acid, probably. Yeah. No, just if you, you know, if you haven't had sex in a long time, you haven't masturbated in a long time, maybe. Yeah, I guess I can kind of see Sometimes that. i go a month without that, that masturbating. Does, so now that does some weird psychological shit to dudes mm, when mm. you go that long yeah. without a kind of release. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to explain this to my girlfriend the other that day. That Misfits poster looks kind of hot right now, you know? Like it <laughs> Quinn happens. Danzig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be your bitch in prison. Mm. Um, I, I was trying to explain this. Like when a guy doesn't jack off mm-hmm. or have sex for a long time, you can have a wet dream. You can have a nocturnal emission because that shit has to come out of your body. And she's like, what are you talking about? Mm. I thought guys only have nocturnal emissions when they're kids. No. I'm like, no, if, if I didn't jerk off and if I didn't have sex for like a month, there's a good chance I would blow my load while I'm sleeping. Yeah. You know, that's just, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. It does. Anyway. All right. Anyway, point is that that shit happened in Minnesota, man, not California, which is where Steele kept saying it was. I, I kind of thought it was relevant because he was like, oh, it could happen anywhere it'd be in California. So yeah, I don't like know Steel. if this It's a pretty good impression. pretty good impression. Yeah. Sure, you guys don't really give a shit about fact checking, but whatever. It finally gave me a reason to call in. Also, I thought it was pretty great that you played the phone call from the guy complaining about your use of the word retard on the same episode that you had Steele saying it. It is over and over and over. That was fucking hilarious. He was like, completely unintentional. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't say retard because they can't defend themselves. Well,. I think you would agree that the right kind of retard can most certainly defend themselves. In fact, they could beat the fucking shit out of you and rip you limb from limb like that goddamn chimp that tore that lady's face off. You know, anyway, I think you guys should say whatever the hell you want to. I get showing some discretion in your day-to-day lives, but if you can't say fucking retard on a podcast, then what is the point anymore? Who the fuck are you going to offend that's listening to this shit besides Mr. New Listener over there? I don't know. He's got a Maybe point. you need new yeah. listeners. Who am I to say? Anyway, it's just a nice word to say, right? Like sibilance and cellar door, chlamydia, you know, retard. 
Reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> you'd go around, you'd call your friend a retard, and you'd do that reverse karate chop thing on your chest, like, dur, 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 dur. sure it was offensive and insensitive, but we were kids. So now it's, it, it's just nostalgic. It's like the old Southerners who still use... Where did that come from? The whole like, the reverse smack, car, yeah. yeah, that smacking your hand uh, on your. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't Who know. Who started that? I don't know. I mean, obviously you're Who doing start- it. Well, I'm just saying, like, where that did it? Profiles in American ingenuity. <laughs> who the started- man who started the reverse retard karate chop. Well, like the reverse retard yeah. slap against mm, your chest. Yeah. Did that come from a movie? Like, was it Rob Schneider? Like, where? Who started that? That's what I wonder. I don't know. Because I, I mean, we all did that back in we the did. day. I mean, we it was like in it. the nineties. Yeah. It was insensitive. But the the fact of the matter is, how many retards even do that? I've never seen it happen. I don't think I've ever I've never seen it happen. I've never met a yeah. retarded person that does that. Yeah. Yeah. How many do you meet though? Not, not that many. I remember okay. actually. I remember when I used to work in a, a, a grocery store mm. as a bagger, and there was this guy that was like, I, I'd see him at the gym working out the YMCA. The biggest retarded guy I've ever seen. He was massive. Okay. He was just this big dude, massive chest. You would see him coming into the gym, and he always wore kind of like a V-neck, just Hanes shirt, and like these really short, like blue shorts, and like shoes from like the seventies. But I mean, he, I mean, he had a massive chest, and so he'd come in, and what he would do, it was really weird. He would tap his wrist and tap his his like side of his temple. So he'd just continually be doing the tap, tap, tap on his on his huh. wrist and his temple. And he was like, you know, really retarded, like severely retarded. But then he Maybe would Maybe take... somebody stole his Apple watch. Yeah, his, his iWatch, yeah. I'm not sure. Mm. But then he would come over to the bench press and he would take like four 45-pound plates on each side. I don't even know how much weight that is. Damn. Four 45-pound plates. That's a lot. And then bench it like seven times. Hmm. And everybody would be like, holy shit. Yeah. And so you'd see this guy um, coming into uh, the grocery store and he would film the frozen food. And at first, like, people thought it was really weird. And then the manager's like, ah, it's fine. Just let him do it. And so he would come in for like, like 40 minutes and just mm. film all the frozen food. Now he has his own show on YouTube, Red, I heard. <laughs> I don't know. He gets... But he would do this. He mm. would do not like the hand, the retard hand, uh, hand mm. chop, but it was like a tap on his wrist, mm. tap on his temple. Yeah, I feel like it'd be hard for us to stop saying it, even if we really wanted to. Because we look at this call. Yeah, it's yeah, in context. Already, yeah, we've said it we in context. S- we have to say it. Yeah, and I'm not going to be like our word. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I don't know how to. You know, I, kind I don't of, know. Help us fucking figure it out, guys. Okay, you know, but I kind of, I, I kind of whatever. agree with him. It's like yeah. you know, we're on this podcast. Mm. People who listen to this podcast, if they're offended, would probably listen to something else. So mm. it's like if if the word you know, we're not going to go gratuitously saying faggot nigger retard but in context we might actually say these words yeah i'm not gonna say it for no reason yeah it's in you know okay words like negro and colored or oriental it's just what was harmless when you were growing up is considered inappropriate now so like i said you guys should say whatever you want but well change ain't looking for friends buddy you know (laughs) it just happens (laughs) Okay. If you want a new word to use in place of retard, you actually already have one, and you may not even realize it. A few episodes ago, you guys were talking about something. I don't even remember what the story was. Is this John Steele's understudy or something? What, what is this? I don't know. But he, John Steele like, breaks his leg in doing the, the pirouettes or something. This guy comes this out guy on the on stage. Yeah. You know, I got to say, he's got a good radio voice. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Um, do you think he takes notes on each show? 
Maybe. Like there's yeah. like cliff notes that he can give to other people who don't want to listen. Right. Hmm. But there was some kind of mentally handicapped person in it, and D randomly referred to them as Rotundo, which made me, as well as Harrison, <laughs> yeah. if I recall, and I'm sure many of your other listeners, laugh their fucking asses off. That was one of the funnier <laughs> moments uh, of my tenure on this show, on this program. Yeah, I have to say. Rotundo the circus R- clown. Rotundo. <laughs> Still funny. Okay. Yep. I actually think it was one of the most organically hilarious moments I've ever heard on the show. I fucking laughed out loud, which is rare. No offense. I take offense. I'm offended. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You have your own word. Fucking retundo. It's almost all the same syllables, but it's tweaked just enough to be a unique word while still being just as fun to say, if not more. Retundo. I think it's great, and you should say it all the time. Anyway, I guess that's it for now. I fucking love the show. Harrison is fantastic and fills the whacker void perfectly. I hope you fucking retards never stop doing it. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Later. Hmm. hmm. He, you know, he has a good point. Yeah. It is a good word. Yeah, it is Rotundo. a good Yeah. I just, it just, he I just, actually has a solution yeah. to the problem. Yeah, yeah. How rare is that? Somebody calls in actually has a fucking solution to the goddamn problem. The fuck? Yeah, you know, I, I I just I guess I never really think about that, but rotundo is a good word. It's a great word. It's a good word. You know, it's funny though. Just, just to get back to the point of like people being overly sensitive, mm. I read an article today that uh, at some college in Canada they had like some event and the DJ spun the song "Walk on the on the Wild Side" by Lou Reed, mm-hmm. and a bunch of kids were really offended because they thought it was transphobic, like oh. the lyrics. Because they had never heard the song before. Yeah. And they heard, like, you know, Holly came from Miami yeah. FLA. Right. Hitchhiked away across the USA, shaved her legs, mm. and then she was a he. Mm. You know, hey, man, right. take a walk on the wild side. They heard that, and they thought it was, like, whoever, they didn't even know who was singing the song. They thought it was transphobic. So then they went and complained, and that song now is banned so the whole, at this college. <laughs> the whole... <laughs> The whole colored girls thing well, didn't bother them at all. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, if I heard that song, I would think him saying the colored girls would yeah. be more offensive than, you know, that she shaved her legs and, and became a he or a she. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't think that was an issue. But apparently people are so sensitive to that in this day and age. Right. You know? Weird. So do you think they would be equally offended by our use of the word retard versus rotundo? They're both pretty offensive, I feel like. (laughs) I'm going to try to do that. Thank you, caller, for suggesting that. It's a good idea. All right, we got one more. Uh, One more call. Uh, This guy calls in with a uh, J.O. question. The old old J.O. question. J.O. question. Age-old question. Hey, chicken Ron. So, um, I want to respond to that guy who said thing about jerking off. The fuck was that? that? You know, with somebody in the room. Jesus, is um, is he trying to feed a baby pterodactyl <laughs> while he's calling in this fucking what? Seriously, what the fuck was that? Yeah, but that sounded like like is he on the island where they're doing Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> Jurassic World? Is that where he is right now? He's on uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's Lost World. Is this Sam Neill? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just really <laughs> weird. Hmm. <laughs> I've, like, had my brother in the room. He's in a different bed. His brother is a fucking pterodactyl baby? What, does he jack off in front of the pterodactyls? Oh, or is he talking about... Okay, I don't even... I'm I'm distracted by the pterodactyl, but I think what the guy's saying 
is that he's jacked off in front of his brother. Mm. Or his brother's in the same room. Or his brother might be the pterodactyl that we're yes. hearing right now. Okay. And he's clearly asleep because he's snoring and shit. And it's like one o'clock in the morning and I had to go pee. And then I'm like, well, I'm in bed. And how do I go back to sleep? And jerk off, Just fucking know? feed the pterodactyl yeah. before you call yeah. the show. Like, um, yeah. Excuse me for a second. I got to regurgitate this giant grub into the, uh, this baby pterodactyl's mouth. Right, and, then, and then let me resume this masturbation uh, ponderance. Do you, you will. Did you ever yeah. see Jurassic World? Yes. Yeah, which, mm. whatever. I mean, I understand the movies for kids, and it was entertaining if you look at it that way. Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, the new one. Yeah. Like, that That one's like, mm. I felt like it was just like a, an overt kids movie. Like, it's they a lot trying of the, to make it to yeah. be very kid-friendly. A lot of explosions for no yeah. reason. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's funny when you hear people, like, you know, see Star Wars Force Awakens be like, I couldn't take it. It was just for, you know, it seemed like it was just like kids, and they're really ruining the sanctity of the movie it's like shut the fuck up it is for kids it's juvenilia yes you know that and so same with jurassic world or whatever but that one scene when you see um what's his name uh star lord chris pratt mm-hmm. like commanding the raptors right <laughs> it, was just, it was so cheesy yeah. he's like doing that i yeah. picture this guy to do that with like uh his pterodactyls mm. babies <laughs> do they have diapers you think Probably. I don't know. Does he teach them how to fly? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Is that gay? I mean, he's like clearly sleeping. Like, I only do it if he's like looking at the other side of the room. Um, and like, you know, I just try to turn my brain off to the fact that he's even there. And I'm focusing on whatever the fuck I'm watching on my phone or my laptop. But it's like clearly, you know, in a different bed. And, you know, like at least 10 feet away, like seven feet away from each other. Well, three, and not three, but like five feet away from each other. And, you know, I mean, he's in his own shit and like, you know, and I'm like trying to like realize that he's not really here because he's out. I'm totally distracted. I, 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 I know. I'm, I'm trying to like replay the events of this call. And what is the question? Mind. He's saying, is it gay that he jacks off in the same room as his brother, even though his brother's sleeping mm-hmm. and in, you know, fucking dreamland, he's sleeping, mm-hmm. uh, dreaming about giant penises mm-hmm. going into space. Okay. Uh, like Cary Grant. And uh, mm-hmm. and it, meanwhile, he's just jacking off mm-hmm. his phone right next to his brother. Mm-hmm. I I guess maybe, no, it's, it's not gay, but it's fucking weird. Once yeah. again... Go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with jacking off and in the bathroom? And it's not gay. It's it's just, it ranks, I don't know where it ranks, but it's somewhere on the chart of, like, you know, uh, inbred murderous hill folk, you know? Yeah, I would say that. In a murder house. I mean, it's I somewhere think it, like that. it would be gay yeah. if he was mm-hmm. jacking off on his brother. Mm-hmm. Then that would be gay. I don't know if that would be gay, because it's, a, it's his brother. That's but just, if he's jacking just, off on the face of another man, and that's obviously arousing him, I, I think, think if that you're would related to the other man, it makes it a whole different fucking. Sport well, you're saying entirely. it's like, but you're saying that's that. Well, you're saying that that would just be like some kind of weird realm of incest. Yeah, not, you're, you're you're just in a realm of transgression beyond standard fucking binary sexuality. Okay, okay that's what all right, I'm it's enhanced, but I still think it's kind of gay. So saith Harrison. <laughs> But if he's just next to him looking at porn on his phone jacking off, it's weird, borderline incestuous, but I I think it's lazy. 
It's like, get off your fucking ass. Go to the bathroom yeah. and jack off in the bathroom. Be discreet about it. And is this actually... Have is, some courtesy. Because when I was a kid, my mom used to say that my cats were my brother's. And so to the extent where I went to school and they're like, tell us about your family. And I'm like, well, I have two brothers. One of them's uh, orange and the other one's black. And, uh, you know, and uh, I thought they were my brothers. And maybe this guy, with his experiments, when he creates these kind of uh, dinosaur human hybrids, he thinks they're his brothers. Oh, you think it's a half human, half pterodactyl. It's, it's a pterodactyl baby, man. Yeah. But still, I, I think that goes along with like me with pets. If like my cat's in the room, I'm not jacking off. I think it's right. weird. It is weird. So yeah. it's like don't jack off in front of your fucking pterodactyl babies. No, please stop. Weird. Please stop. It's weird. And I'm watching. I mean, it's gay porn, but is it still gay? Because I don't want to be in the incest shit. You know what I mean? And be like, I just want to say this. You're pretty great sticking around. Fuck Wackerly. I love the guy to death, but he left and now I realize that I'm buzzed right now from the thing, but... I, I don't think it counts as sticking around if you're the primary driving force for something. I know. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. it's like, I have to like stick around after Wackerly left as if Wackerly did anything yeah, other yeah, than show up. Yeah. <laughs> fuck him. I mean, who the fuck is he to leave sticking wrong? Terry, be quiet! Terry! It's <laughs> a good name for it. What was the pterodactyl's name in Pee-wee, Pee-wee's Playhouse? Was it Terry? I don't know. I, I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope his name was Terry. A fucking great podcast. Alan isn't a very good name for Terry. No, not for Terry. Crap, Bob. The fuck. Um, fuck him. Harrison, thanks for coming in. You're a good co-host. I mean, you're not wackily, but good and the mad props for like sticking around and shit. You're... I've been here for almost two years. Yeah, I was about to I say. I don't know why people are acting like it's, it's like, hey man. You're like, you just showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is, you know what probably happened though is I bet you this guy didn't listen for a while. Oh, God. All of a sudden got into it. All right, sure. Yeah, just threw my pen. Love you, all right, well, thank you, Kelly okay. Bear. Thank and you. You need to call back and tell us what the fuck that was in the background. Like, what was making that noise? Because what kind of abominations are you breeding, sir? I don't know what, what? kind of island of Doctor Moreau shit is going on in his California household here, but Dear it's God. weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, maybe that's why Planned Parenthood should be illegal or legal. I mean, maybe that's why Planned Parenthood should be legal. We need those everywhere to avoid those kind of monstrosities. Mm -hmm. Aberrations of nature going on right there. Pig-human hybrids. I don't know what the fuck that was. Those are commonplace now. I mean, maybe it was like a parrot or something, but it was just weird. Mm. That was weird. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what makes noises like that. Jesus. Maybe it was his brother, Rotundo. <laughs> Could be. You know, actually... Hey, Rotundo! That gives a whole other dimension to it. So let's say you're jacking off in the same room, but your brother's, like, completely retarded and has no idea of, like, you know, anything. Space-time continuum, anything. Okay. Is that gay to be jacking off then if the kid has no idea what jacking off even is? That's a good, great, that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of this. All of this is outside the realm of normal human experience. Yeah. You know? um, it's just, it's, 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 it's wrong. It's wrong. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. It's sick and it's wrong. 
People call the hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. Best way to listen to the show is iTunes. Just go to iTunes, do a search for Sick and Wrong, subscribe, comment, give us a five star rating. We'll love you forever. Also, if you want to get some uh, Sick and Wrong merch, uh, we do have T-shirts available at the Sick and Wrong store. SickandWrongPodcast.com/store. Just click on the Cafe Press link, and you can just go buy any any kind of Sick and Wrong merch. Lots of it. And uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week is going to be dedicated to uh, more rock stars dying this week. Hmm. Do you notice that there were two deaths this past week? Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. Correct. And Roger Ailes from Fox News. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. As if anyone gave a shit about that. Yeah. Uh, except for Bill O'Reilly, who claims mm. that these, this witch hunt that women were doing about, uh, about Roger Ailes led, led eventually to his death. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, witch hunt. he had a long ways to go. He was a, a ripe young 77 years old. Mr. Fucking... Hmm. Mr. Fucking... Ham, like hamburger general. Hoggish Greedly. Yeah. Hoggish fucking Greedly from Captain Planet. That's what he looked like. That's what he looked like. But did you hear like yeah. uh, some model that was like mm. he tried to like, I don't know, tried to force into some kind of sexual act. She mm. described his balls as looking, his genitals mm. looking like red ham, like raw hamburger meat. And that's how I describe um, Hoggish Greedly's testicles as well. Yeah, they so, look like just like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, actually, we didn't care about Roger Ailes dying. But we did care about Chris Cornell. You know, say what you will about Soundgarden. Like, Soundgarden was one of those bands. I will. When I was in, what, ninth grade, 10th grade, when that yep. came out, I thought they were really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what was that album? Bad Motor Figure? Yeah. Um, the Outshine, Rusty Cage, like all that stuff. That's what we listened to back then. Mm. It was cool. But they're one of those bands, much like U2, the Chili Peppers, that just start releasing terrible music sure what killed what killed soundgarden for me was a song spoon man that was spoon bad man. yeah i hated it awful i hated it awful and uh, i also kind of hated that band uh that super group they did temple of the dog remember that i you know i'm going hungry i had that tape when it came out uh, awful i liked the tape when it came out i mean now it's awful but yeah i enjoyed it but the, the thing is with soundgarden though mm-hmm. You have to admire Chris Cornell's talent. And that dude had a fucking hell of a voice. Sure. He did. I mean, he made some great music mm. before Spoon Man. Before mm. Spoon Man, there were some good albums. Uh, so he was found dead in his Detroit hotel room this past Tuesday night. Uh, please, please claim that his death is a suicide. However, the family is saying, or trying to argue that it was an accidental suicide. Mm. So they're saying that his uh, he had taken several Ativan and OD'd on Ativan, and that's how he that's what caused him to commit suicide. That doesn't no. You know what I think it was? What? Very similar to Michael Hutchins yeah, and of David Carradine. Of course it was. Of course, dude was, was found mm. lying on the bathroom floor, mm. blood running from his mouth, and a red exercise band around his neck. Yeah, of course. What is a red exercise band? I don't know. It's something like That's he like was pulling, yeah. he was pulling, and he was uh, yeah. jacking it. He was yeah. jacking off, right? You know, and that, I think that's probably going to come out later. Mm. But what's interesting is we're the same thing with Michael Hutchins. When that happened, he autoironically asphyxiated himself. Uh, the family was saying that no, he, uh, you know, he he didn't commit suicide. And the wife was like, he autoironically asphyxiated himself, and it was an accidental suicide. But the police were saying it was actual real suicide, mm. which is worse. 
real suicide is worse, probably. If is you have, it? If you have kids, you know. That you killed yourself because you're depressed? Yeah, that's versus, worse. But it's pretty At fucking you, weird to be caught weird. hanging yeah. from a rafter with your fucking hard cock in your hand. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate. I mean, that's the thing with people who do autoerotic asphyxiation. Mm. Sure, it, you know, I think it, it like enhances the orgasm like several times or mm. whatever to, to do mm. that. But keep this in mind. You're going to get, someone's going to find you. Someone's going to find you with your fucking boner in your hand, someone's butt always naked. Find, yeah, but you don't plan on dying, you know? But you're, you're still, you know, taking the risk. You're taking the risk. So think about it this way. Mm. Someone's going to find you and they're going to be like, what a fucking freak. Mm. I think that's going to come out. And I think Chris Cornell here didn't like just jacking off normally. I think he liked choking himself and, uh, and jacking it. Okay. So we're going to find mm. that out soon. But anyway, I, you know, I'm not into any of his new music, Audio Slave, whatever. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, they, a lot of the acoustic songs that, that have been coming out right now on the internet, I think he did uh, Nothing Compares to You. Yeah, it was fine. You know, it's just kind of cool because yeah. you can appreciate his talent, his voice, mm. but yeah, I'm not sure how many other good albums are going to come out of that guy. And no, no. I probably wouldn't go see him live. However, he did play a part in my musical development. Mm. You know, I think it's like back then, what, you know, you're young. I was like, I was young and you're listening to lots of music and it kind of opened my mind to better music. Where else would you be looking California but feeling Minnesota? Am I right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite albums, which, you know, I listened to the other day, and I think it still kind of holds up, even though it's very, like, grunge-sounding. Mm. Uh, their first record, Soundgarden's first record, Ultra Mega OK. So we're going to end the show here with a song called Beyond the Wheel, and I think this song really highlights the range of uh, Chris Cornell's voice. All right. So uh, rest in peace there, Chris Cornell. I'm sure many people will miss you. Um, and, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> do a little uh, half-retard karate, karate chop there chop. going on there. <laughs> but I did appreciate yeah. Soundgarden at one point. And, uh, yeah, he will be missed. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 585. Until then, take a sleazy.
school on D and Harrison. Oh shit, should it be Harrison and D? I don't know. It's all good. Worked my ass off and I bought myself a townhome. But apparently that's not good enough for anybody. Guess what? Fuck. The second time I fucked up this phone call. Oh, take care of yourselves.